Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. And I don't know about everybody else, but my stress levels have been going beyond a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Rotherham United, so we don't do things by half and we don't do things easy. So we're down to the final three games of the season where literally anything could happen. We could finish fifth, we could finish second, we could win the league. Who the hell knows? We are going to try and make some sense of it all over the next hour or so. Um, and I'm pretty sure it just gets more nervous, more worry, all that type of thing. You know. The joys of being a Rugby United fan, but you're doing it longer than us. This is what it's like being a Rugby United fan, isn't it? Just another week, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just another season. Yeah, I don't know why anybody's surprised by it. We're, we're, since we came to New York Stadium, it's been virtually the same every season, one way or another. So uh, nobody should be surprised or unused to this by now. <laughs> I suppose, Danny, you're with us as well. Thank you for joining us, Danny. How are you doing? How's your as your levels? Hello, everybody. Um, I'm currently turning to chocolate for comfort eating. They're my levels at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse things to do to be fair, so you know what I mean. Um, yeah, and everything's cheap after Easter as well, so happy days. <laughs> best time of year to buy chocolate. 100% best time of year to buy yep. chocolate is after Easter. Quality. Um, we have in the comments, Harvey Coke with us, thank you. Paul Brock, Michael Mortimer, Neil Taylor, Gav Grundy, and the first Grundy with us tonight, Errol Astro. Philip Rawlinson says, evening, please cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Phil. Um, you're better than that. <laughs> we will try. We will do everything we can to cheer everybody up. Certainly, we will be. Uh, we'll do the preview later on. Let's wait. Let's get positive later. Let's get. Let's get the negative, crappy stuff out of way first, shall we? Um, the fun positivity, Danny, that I had from Saturday, Sunday, and for the most of Tuesday, lasted like literally two minutes of the game, and then it was all back to Pompey last week because. 
it could not have been a worse start to the game, could it? Really? Other than man being sent off, it could not have been a worse start. <laughs> so don't tempt fate. That might happen sadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything in the build-up to the game was exceptional. The atmosphere outside the ground was exceptional. The away end was really, really loud and really gearing up to it. And it's as if Burton have just took the pin out and popped our balloon within three minutes. And that that were it then. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a shame to concede early. And it's the old cliche that if you get the early goal, you know, you're in a good position for the rest of the game. And unfortunately for Burton, they got the early goal and we couldn't seem to hit anything towards goal because their keeper had an exceptional game and it just wouldn't go in for us. Uh, and then I have to admit that it was it was it, 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 I wasn't like angry or anything because at Portsmouth I was angry at the performance. Mm. But against Burton, I was just really frustrated and just wanted to go home uh, to the point where we were all just like stood in doorway at the back of the stand waiting for the whistle. And as soon as they went, right, we're home, back to coach. <laughs> Which is a shame because we we all want to support Rotherham United and get behind them and everything, but. When it's like, yes, we've won against Ipswich, now we can kick on. And then we f- fall completely on our faces again. It's just really frustrating. But, you know, that, that's why we'll have follow football, isn't it? Because anything yeah. can happen. Sometimes I, I think with football, being angry is is better than having your heart ripped out of your chest. And, and there is a difference. Portsmouth, like, I remember you, Danny, I, I was so angry with the performance. But on Tuesday, it just felt like somebody had kicked me in the stomach. It was just a completely different feeling. Still, still disappointing, um, but equally uh, annoying, Mick. Uh, well, it is. It is, and it's been. It's been the sort of back end of the end of the season, hasn't it? So far, you know, like you say, you get a kick in nads, and then next weekend somebody rubs them better for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. That, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? A minute, and um, I, you know, I guess we're all looking for. Uh, to have them rub better on Saturday, you know. Is there something you're not telling us, Mick, about having them rub better on Saturday? You seem very up for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, three points, mate. That's all I'm interested in. But uh, it's all metaphors. Mm. Mick loves a good okay. metaphor. To be fair, um, uh, Will Robert. We found the culprit anyway. Will Robert forgot to put his lucky boxes on. All oh, right. Uh, oh, well done, Will. But it's not just me. I was accused of saying, oh, it's your fault you didn't wear your shorts. It's like, it was cold. It's not <laughs> shorts weather in Burton yet. I, oh, dear. <laughs> I have to say that, I have to say, Will, also, it's not only your fault, but Matt has to take a certain amount of blame as well uh, because he did not wear his Sweden shirt. Uh, to watch Good reason, game. though. Yeah, but... So, but yeah, but, like, let me explain myself. Everybody can have their comments. So we'd, I couldn't get to the game on Tuesday, so I went to Mick's house to watch it. Now there's a big problem with that Sweden shirt where the num- the number on the back it sticks to anything. So if for example in mixed car there is a big blue number nine where I was sat on the way back from Saturday. So instead of wearing and ruining mixed settee, I thought I'll you know I'll not wear it. And we lost. So obviously I'm gonna go wear it Saturday. I'll wear it Saturday, it'll be fine. Listen, I've no I've no time for it, mate. I had to squeeze my head <laughs> into that other one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, let's get on with some serious stuff, shall we? Um, Chris Wright, Woody has done a rallying call to the fans for Saturday. Let's get behind the lads, get it, get it over the line. We'll go into the preview later, Danny. But the atmosphere, like you said, it's that atmosphere were there. Fans did their again. I'm not, I'm not. This isn't a dig at the players because we'll come on to the performance. But 
the fans did their job. I thought the fans, again, watching it from home, they sounded amazing. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, uh, if you watch the vlog with Reese's interview, he can barely finish his sentence with the noise that's crept up. And at one point, I don't know if it picked up on our follow, but we, we saw Josh Vickers was in uh, the seated stand. And at one point, we're, we're all chanting, Vickers, give us a wave, and he waved to us. It's like, yes, that, that's the one victory we got at Burton. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I have seen it a lot on, on Facebook and Twitter and such. Everyone feels like the fans are doing their bit. But like I say, it's not a dig at the players or anything, but to have the opposite end of the spectrum, we're doing our bit, they're, not, they're doing their bit. That's not a criticism. It's just you know what people have been saying. Um, and I have seen that since Woody's rallying call has been put out, we've now opened up part of the South Stand to home fans. Yeah. yeah. Which, when it's last home game of season, you can understand it. But in this critical position, we need to fill it, I think. Because mm. we saw the positive impact it had on the players in the Ipswich game. It can really turn the tide. Um, but now it's down to the players to put, effectively pull the socks up and go, right, let's give them a performance and get get the win by any means necessary. Because now I don't care how we win, just win, you know, any means yeah. necessary. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Mick, let's go back to the start of the game. The goal we conceded, such a soft goal we conceded, such a rubbish goal to concede, and we'll talk about a second one later on. But it just came from, I know it came from Longford, which causes a bit of problems on the night, but it came from not, I think Wes not dealing with it properly, to Icky not dealing with it properly, just falling at the feet of uh, Bothwick Jackson, I think it were, who could not believe his luck. And again, that's even more frustrating because you've had that, we've had that performance on Saturday, you've had the fans behind you, and then they've not, it's not like they've had a 45-yard screamer or they took on seven men and sorted it home. It was so avoidable, that goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and, and I've sung the praises of Wes Harding all season. I've sung the praises of Vicky all season. They've made a mistake. The pair of them, they've made a mistake one after the other. Um, yeah, uh, they should have done much better. Should have done much better. Um, but, you know, neither of them two will need telling that they should have done better. Um, it, it bounced, to be fair to Icky, well, to be fair to both of them, to be honest, it bounced really awkwardly for both of them. Um, so that if there is any sort of mitigation for the mistake that they made, but they made a mistake, they knew they had. Um, what, I, I, what else can you say about it? You know, yeah, it should have been dealt with. That's that's as much as you can say. You know, there's no point. We're not we're not all of a sudden going to start dropping people and you know sacking people and. Telling them they shouldn't pull shirt on again and out like that. It was a mistake. It happens at every level. Unfortunately, it's happened to us at a really, really, really crucial time of season. You know, kind of do. Yeah, well, you, you, something's, I don't say something's changed, Danny, but we've conceded as many goal, away goals in the last two games as we have in the entire 19 previous combined. And it's like, I don't understand because we weren't making those mistakes, and it's just when it like when it says it matters. If we don't concede early, it's a different game, and it it really is a different game. Yeah, it is, and I'm glad you've said that because I looked up that stat last night and just <laughs> just put my hand on my head like, oh no, someone someone's going to try me on the wind up with that. Um, but yeah, you raise a good point. Like, what's changed so drastically that we went from conceding five in nineteen to now we've conceded five in two? You know, like in the long run, 
only conceding, what is it, 10 goals away from home yeah. all season so far is an unreal stat. But it's, mm. when you condense it down into the manner that we've done it, it's like something's gone horribly the wrong way for us to be in that position. Um, but yeah, like you say, it, don't concede that early goal, completely different game. And it almost took the stuffing out of us for a good 20 minutes, half an hour, to really find ourselves back again. The injuries didn't help, of course. Um but schoolboy stuff, like you said, for the first goal, and it really, really impacted our game in the first half. And mm. then the injuries impacted the second half. So it was just, I don't know, it felt like it was stacked against us from literally the third minute, wasn't it really? Like things just kept going wrong and nothing really clicked to make it go right. And it helped their keeper had an absolute blinder of performance either. No, that's very true. Matt Gamble's echoes what you're saying. I think the injuries and the early goal really did us over. Constantly having to change the team, not set into rhythm. Uh, crossing it from too deep to massive centre-backs. Their massive centre-backs was obviously disappointing as well, yeah. So let's just touch on those substitutions, three substitutions by the end of half-time. Um, so the first one was a side two-two had to come off for Shane Ferguson. Dan Barlaster came off for Freddie for, the, for switching the formation. And then Shane Ferguson, having just come on, came off and is potentially out for Saturday as well. Um, the formation did work, Mick, and, I, and it's fine hindsight. And I think everybody, and I didn't see a single person on social media say we shouldn't have started that way when the team came out. Um, but it just didn't work. There was no physicality in the middle of the pitch and Burton just completely exploited that that presence. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre when you say, to, to, to hear yourself say, when you've got... Jamie Lindsay and Ollie Rathbone in the middle of the park, that there's no physicality in there. You know? yeah. two, two players who are criticised up and down the, 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 the League One table by other managers for, for being too physical. Um, I think they were just bigger and stronger. I, I'd like to touch on, on the side two twos having to go off. Mm. Um, I know it's a, you want to get your flag out, Danny, if you want. I, I thought the referee in that instance... I felt it was an absolutely outrageous challenge on him. Uh, he's jumped for the ball and their players simply yes. took him out in midair. And the referee's done nothing about it at all. And I thought that was outrageous. It's incredibly dangerous. And, and it seems to be a theme I've seen it running through quite a few games now where a player jumps for the ball and the opposition player just simply backs into him while he's in the air and he ends up landing on his back, on his back at the bottom of his spine or whatever. You know, it is so, so dangerous. Unless you're Angus McDonald, obviously, and then you get sent off for jumping football. But that's that's another story, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether that injury is sustained as a result of that foul, because it wasn't a challenge, when he never, never went football, um, was, the, was what uh, made him go off, or whether it was the knock that he got earlier on, I'm not sure. But, um, I, yeah, I, I was really, really disappointed with that. Really disappointed. But, yeah, it's a difficult one for Warney, isn't it? You know, he's been criticised and criticised for not reacting to to the situation mid-game. And so he reacts to the situation mid-game and then gets criticised for making substitutions and altering it, altering it mid-game, you know? There's only one is there's only one choice substitution. The other two were enforced, weren't they? I, I get that, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. Um but it didn't. It didn't make a massive amount of difference. Look, no. you and I, all three of us, probably know that 
it didn't it doesn't matter whether it made a difference or not. We should have won that game. We had enough chances to put that game to bed seven or eight one. You know what I mean? It, 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 that's the issue. The issue is a simple, simple issue. It's nothing really to do with physicality in midfield or, or or anything else. There's two. There's two issues: basic, simple mistakes at the back, and not putting away your chances. That's what cost us the game on uh, on Tuesday night. Nothing to do with the overall performance, because in my view, and it's all about opinions, isn't it? I don't know the performance was that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was just you got to take your chances. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then, then we've got the few comments which sort of sum up that. We've got Jamie who says it was up there with one of the one of our worst performances actually this season. Reg made more, more runs down the than the wing than Chio. Nobody knew where we got pieces from. But then Paul Brock in the same. I think it was a, bit, a few seconds after. It was frustrated with the way it went. Football can be very cruel. That's why we love it so much. Hitting the post and a great save from Chio's shot could have been very different. Now, I suppose in a way, Danny, both are right. I, I, I think I agree with Mick that Lim is a bit harsh. But yes, we didn't play very well and we could certainly could have played better. But at the same time, Mick's right. We could have won 4 or 5 1, too. Yeah, we had four really, really good chances that have either come off the post or been saved by the keeper. Um, and I have to give credit to their keeper. He did very, very well. I mean, he's got into EFL team at week for that reason. And I think Asselbank's got manager of the manager of the week because, you know, he's beaten second second in league with team at sixteenth. Um but yeah, if if we took a chances, you know, and there's a couple inch difference, then we could be talking about a four two win potentially. But that's football. Sometimes ball goes in easily, sometimes it doesn't at all. Um and with the thing about Shield running the wings, I think the reason why he wasn't getting forward as much as he could have done is because he had too much concern defending as well. Because when you concede early, your, your mind always ticks on like we can't concede again. You know, because if we concede again, then it's even even more of a bigger job. And because the left side had so much change and injury to it, that's a very unstable area. So Chio's obviously just trying to slot in and try and help out to defend. But because of that, he's not making the run forward, which is effectively why he's on that right side. But with one criticism of that back line is that I would switch Reg and Harding because if Chia was playing yeah. the more winger role rather than the off-striker role, he's so much more comfortable when Harding's at, um, on the right side of that back line and he pushes forward more. But when it's Reg there and not probably not helped by his conceding early, he's just dropping back further and further to try and A, get the ball out of defence and B, to just help out the team a little bit. So I do think it is harsh criticising Chio not making the run forward when, you know, we've already conceded and he's got the little bit of a defensive tick on him. But at the same time, I can understand why we're making that criticism, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. He's got yeah. to do that, hasn't he? Reg is always going to step out. He's going to step out and step forward a lot more than, than Wes is. And, mm. and that's, to be fair, he put a lot of decent crosses in, Reg. Yeah, yeah, he did, mm. yeah. It's, it's not criticism of Reg in any way. You know, it's just that, that's just, it's just, yeah, I, I do agree with that, Danny. Hmm. Um, Ian Bradley's with us. Uh, he asks, stop taking Barlas off and lumping it to Smith. Is that a valid tactic? Uh, yeah. I'll, hit, I'll hit on the taking the Barlas off first, mate, because I get the change to Freddie. I get, I completely get that. He wanted to cut two up top, give their defenders something a little bit more to think about, more to occupy, whether it worked or not, is a different conversation. But Barlas is always the one 
that gets sacrificed always. And you need, for me, I think we just sometimes you just need somebody to be able to put foot on ball, just chill out a minute and see what's about there. And Barlasser is the best and we've got at doing that. And I, I, I always find it strange that he's always, always, always the one to be sacrificed when we want to change something. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. You're taking off your best midfielder, essentially. Your most creative midfielder. Um, and the one who's got maybe not quite as much, but certainly enough fight and uh, battle in him to, to perform the, the do the dirty work as well. Uh, you know, that's something he's really added to his game this season. So, but I mean, it's it, you've got to, it, it's one, I understand why he wants to go two up front. I get that. Or one and a half up front, as it turned out. Um, and but but then you know, he's going to get criticized if he fetches Rathbone or Lindsay off. And and mm. and really, out of the two of them, you'd have probably fetched Rathbone off if you had to make the choice out of the two of them. Lindsay was for me probably a little bit more effective, not much, but out of those three. I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, but he's what he's wanting to go to up front. We've got to get a goal back, you know. Um, and and unfortunately, unless you go, unless you go to up front, you're going to end up doing what Ian says there, and you're going to have to be playing that long ball more than you want to. And Smith is not winning them. He's not winning those headers. He hasn't been winning them for weeks consistently, like he were earlier on in the season. So it's a, it's a it's a bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? You know. But I, I certainly don't think I'd have brought Barlasser off, no. No. Uh, yeah, frustrating. Very frustrating. The second goal, Danny comes in the second half and all the subs have been made. And the second goal is almost as frustrating as the first because it's a complete free-header. From I accept it's a decent free kick. I'm come, I, That's fine. But he had freedom at penalty box to slot it where everyone... You, men, you mentioned him on podcast previous saying he's... Top scorer is their top scorer, and he mm-hmm. couldn't have had an easier chance, really, for me. Yeah, I mean, two, well, yeah, two defensive areas really let us down. I mean, I don't know if we discussed the first one, um, but again, he's a free man in the box. Same again for the second goal, free man in the box, and uh, and they've put it in the net. Just two defensively sloppy goals to concede with a team that's been defensively sound for the vast majority of the season, and I think that's why it's frustrating. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's that's best And I think because of all the confusion that happened beforehand, especially with like trying to re rejig the formation, and, and then you've brought Woody into it because Ferguson's had to go off, so that's another rejig. And then you know you can't make any more subs, so that's you set. Mm-hmm. And then I think to to have that happen to you, it's just a little switch off. For, I, I mean, I, I didn't see who it was because I went other side of pitch like, but. Some someone in the back line has switched off and not followed Brayford, and unfortunately, it's cost us. And that's what happens in football. If you don't track your man, nine, eight, maybe eight times out of ten, he puts the ball into the box if he's a free man. And especially with Brayford, because he's got a nice shiny ball dead, so there's nothing to cannon off. So it's generally oh, going to be there. You've got a little bit of hair. Brave has got no hair on top. He's, he's, he's migrated south to his chin. Um, <laughs> so he's head on upside down, is he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that, that's what Brayford does, um, which is interesting because normally he's um, a wide defender, but he was mm. playing in the middle of the park in, in his back three. Yeah. Maybe maybe we lined up for different, or we were expecting him to play differently, and he's found the space and he's exploited it. But 
simple defending for me. Just track your man. One person has switched off and not tracked him, and he's exploited it, which unfortunately has led to our second goal. But after that, we sort of brought a sense back into it weirdly and kept creating chances, which is like, why are we doing that at 2-0 down when we should be doing that, not just at 1-0 down, but when it's 0-0? Mm. And some of our best chances came at 2-0 down. And again, I will keep singing the praises of their keeper because he had a blinder of a game. There's two shots in after we went 2-0 down and I really don't know how he saved them. One, one of That's which was sort one. of clawed it right at the last minute and the other one is tipped it onto the post. And when it's right in front of you, it's like, how? How have you saved them? That They were our, equal, uh, our bring back and equaliser and he saved them, which also adds to the frustration. Yeah, it does. You should get that so well. Ali Alabsi, Asmir Begovic, these guys, there's certain, certain keepers that have amazing games when they play Rodham United and he did. Uh, frustrating. I think uh, John Simpson says, I thought the performance wasn't the worst, it was just frustrating. I think that sums yeah. it up pretty well, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ian, Ian Bradman says we've been going at this, and we could have just said that. Because, <laughs> um, Ian Bradman says if Greg had been fit with you up already, interesting point, Mick. Oh yeah, sorry, is that it? I thought you were going to. Thought you got more. Thought you got more on that. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, Smith can't do the can't do the job on his own, uh, and you've got. He hasn't got a, a partner at the moment, unfortunately. Um, JJ is just not experienced enough to play that role consistently and to play the role that, that Griggy plays. Um, Freddie is experienced enough and capable of playing that role, but doesn't for whatever reason. There's nobody else to put in there. Yeah. That, that, that you know. We've, we're talking about Georgie Kelly. I know there's a lot of comments in there about about Georgie Kelly in the uh, in the comment section. It's come from it's come from Republic of Ireland. It's come from what is essentially the same a similar sort of level to the National League North or National League South. And that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to be you know I'm not trying to be critical there. It, it, it's it's a decent level. It's a better level than any of us could ever wish to play at ever. However, it's not top end of League One in a in a in a promotion battle level, you know. And I, I, I would hate to bring him in and him having an absolute dreadful game, miss three sitters, and and end up putting us into playoffs that Freddie or Smithy would have buried. And then all of a sudden, it's worst signing we've ever made. You know what I mean? Because that's well, that's exactly what would happen, isn't it? You know, if if that were if if he were to play like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. It's a really really difficult one for 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 the management team because of the injury to Will Grigg. Um, it certainly was a massive problem for us because of the role that he played. Hmm. Yeah, you bring up Georgia Kelly. Let's have a quick minute on him. Mark Gamble says, "I also like to let everybody know who's been asking. Georgia Kelly was at New York City last Saturday warming up. He even saw him, saw him kick a ball." He mentions Club to put him in. I saw him at Pirelli as well. Yeah. So he's a, he's a person. He's real. Uh, Ian Bradley says, is Georgia Kelly just a myth? For me, Danny, I have just uh, uh, sort of conditioned myself to sit. He's not, he's not there. Uh, as a fan, we may as well not think about Georgia Kelly. We were told when he signed in January, he probably won't be ready till, till next season. And he also picked up an injury. So for me, 
you may as well just pretend we haven't signed him until next season because he's not going to get it. Unless we get desperate, he's not going to get a game, is he? Or did he already got one? Already? Um, It was in the match day 18 for the Wimbledon game. Yeah. Because, effectively, because we needed to fill a, fill a spot, basically. Um, and then he got the injury, which pushed him back a little bit. And after the Wimbledon game, he was effectively ready to come on at some point. Obviously, the injury set him back. But, like you say, we were told in January, he is a development player. As it stands right now, he's on the development player list. Um, because, he's, like you say, Mick, he's come from the League of Ireland, where there were only 10 teams in their top division, and they played 36 games in uh, a season. And he has a professional as well, aren't they? Aren't, 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 yeah, there's semi professional. Yeah, there's Bohemians, uh, Shamrock Rovers, and which is the other one, uh, Derry City. They they're the three. They're the only three professional teams in the Premier Division in Ireland. And all right, we've signed Kelly from Bohemians, but number one, he hasn't played since November because that's when their season ended. And. Uh, and number two, like I say, the intensity level is similar to the National League North, but they play less games, they play less teams, and the setup is effectively completely different because um, <clears throat> the setup in Ireland hasn't developed as much as it has in England through various means. Um, so we've signed him as a development player. Yeah, he's top scorer in the League of Ireland, but he's just not ready for English football. He's, and now he's been. If we were to bring him on, he would be chucked into the deep end. Now that we've had a chance to really, well, I have a chance to sit down and really think about it. He would just be chucked in at the deep end, and yeah, all right, he might have a good game and he might score. But to chuck a player in at the deep end and him to be completely overwhelmed would be something similar to what we did to Jerry Yates in the Championship season, where he was just chucked mm-hmm. in at the deep end. Then it is effectively gone off and done something else now. So we need to be very careful how we condition Kelly in. You can tell he's not quite to the level where we want him when he's pulled his calf in training. You know, so he needs a really good Miller's preseason under his belt. But if we see him for 20 minutes at the end of the Oxford game or the Sunderland game or the Gillingham game, great, we've got to see him in a Miller's shirt. But if we don't, for me, it's not end at world because we've got him in preseason and he will be a good asset whether we're in the championship where he'll have a little bit more time on the ball. Or in League One, but to be in League One, he really needs to ramp up the intensity at which he plays his football. Not a criticism, it's just a, a comparison, shall we say. But And with everybody else, I want to see him before end of the season, oh, because yeah. you know we, we just want to have a look at him and see how he plays football. But it's not the end of the world if we don't, I think. And like you say, if he does come on, we are in a desperate situation. Yeah, Carl Scott sums it up pretty well. Had we already been promoted, he thinks Kelly would have played... Uh, like Warnie said, he would like to give a game for him the season, but that's unlikely to happen there with us not being safe in terms of promotion. I think that's part that's a big part of it as well. Um, Paul Brock says on the plus side, the steak pies at Burton were very nice. <laughs> Can't comment on that, Danny. Do you have anything? Any food at the ground? Um, okay. There's this thing that Burton sell, and it's called a faggot. Oh, yeah. Right, and that it now YouTube before you start pulling <laughs> it to pieces. It's not the derogatory term, it is a real food piece. And I believe it's something similar to black pudding, but it's got the consistency of stuffing, like the, the inside of stuffing, not the hard shell, the inside of it. And um, it's like a little sausage of it, and it's served with mushy peas. And it is really, really nice. <laughs> really, really nice. Because uh, they, they do the uh, the double faggot and peas, and it is really, really nice. 
filling, but really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and in the vlog, you get my little review of it as well. And Michelle's <laughs> as well, because she likes it. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, the plug for Danny's vlog, Will. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, let's have a look what other comments we got. Philip Ronson, for some strange reason, he's watched the highlights a few, few too many times. And as he agrees with us, we had plenty of chances enough to win the game. Uh, yeah, it's not scoring goals is become a massive issue. And I don't really understand what has happened, Mick. Um, I was looking at the stats earlier. I, I don't think I ended up writing it down, but over the last it's five games, nobody's scored. We've scored. Nobody's scored less than us in League One. Um, it's strange. I can't quite put a finger on it. There's been a little bit of a change in personnel, but again, Greg didn't play that much pre in early in the season. Freddie was in for a lot of it. Um, it's not really a change in personnel. It's not really a change in system. We're just not scoring goals, and that's it. That's the bottom line, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah if, you don't, if you don't score goals, you don't win football matches. Simple as yeah, that, really. I mean, what, what can you say? What? What? You, you're right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, we're creating plenty of chances, like we did on Tuesday night. Just not anything back at that, and it's. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's going to change in the next three games hopefully that will change uh, you would kind of hope that Smithy finding the back in the, back in there against Ipswich was going to be a bit of a catalyst to, to kick him on um, he didn't come close I don't think on, on Tuesday night realistically I don't think he really had many chances if any um, he just made a nuisance of himself and he was involved obviously in some of the chances that we did create so yeah Look, if we create that many chances on Saturday, we'll win the game. Assuming that the defence don't make any daft mistakes again. Um, hopefully, and we'll come on to we'll come on to Saturday anyway. But um, in terms of lineup, so uh, yeah, it, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's really, really frustrating. Mm, um, it's difficult. It's difficult to deal with. But that's that's what Rotherham United is. It is. Yes. Uh, Chris Taylor asks a question back on Kelly. What happens to other players who come from the Irish leagues? Does it take him six months to debut? My answer to that would be players don't come from the League of Ireland to English football very often. And the last player that did for us was Trevor Clark, who is he's only, mm. he didn't play for us, gone to Bristol Rovers in League Two, has only played six times in the league this season. That's what my answer would be. So it's, it's that, that gives you an idea. We've, we've seen somebody from there already. So we don't, you know, and that's not quite, that didn't work out. Um, so Again, it, I think, it's I think if, if it's uh, if it's crap, it doesn't matter, does it? It didn't cost us all, really. So it, I think with Clark as well, that is the example of I think we didn't condition him correctly into English yeah. football because he was another one that we sort of chucked in at the deep end without really conditioning him. Very good player, I will give him that. On his day, he's a very, very good player, and that goal he scored against Doncaster in the AFL Trophy will always stay with me because I've never seen limbs from four hundred people before. Um, and who were all spread out in the stand. But again, he's dropped down to, to League Two to try and get game time, and that still hasn't occurred for him, very unfortunately. Um, and the players that have been in the League of Ireland that have come into English football, they do take a lot of bedding in. It's like Tech Chill, for example, when he came to Brentford, he took a lot of bedding in and went to Exeter, did very well, but then couldn't quite get into the Brentford squad, and that's why he's with us now. Um, Rich Towell is another one. In fact, he's gone back because it's a less intense league now. Um, and so 
it's weird because the history of the League of Ireland is that they've always the Irish are very are very good at producing good players, but recently, due to various factors in how their corporation and their league has set up, the intensity has diminished in terms of players coming across to England. Brexit hasn't helped with what Trevor Barry says. Now they're going over to France and such. Um, and the intensity difference is why players need a lot of intensity build-up in this league now, especially now that League One and League Two are very, very strengthened and intensity-based. Um, that's my take on it, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very, very fair. Um so Abs wants to know this one, which is an interesting question, which brought up quite a lot, Mick, to be honest with you. Abs, 1884 on YouTube. Why do we leave a man up when defending set piece when it's clear? It just comes right back at us every time. It feels like we play more not to lose rather than to win the game. For me, I don't. I, I see it. I don't think it matters. I think it's more important to defend the corner than to not. And I think for the most part, it works a treat. I, you know, we, we, we're excellent at defending set pieces, particularly corners. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mick? Um, I think we are trying not to lose. I think that's probably half a, half a problem. You know, we've gone from, from performing really well and winning every game to performing re- really badly and winning games to performing really badly and losing games. And, and, and the attitude has become, well, we need to, we need to arrest this uh, decline of, of losing games. We, just, we, 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 we're not, we don't want to lose. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know whether that's an attitude or not that's within it. I don't think it is, but um, it's not something I've been aware of. To be honest, I keep an eye out for it on Saturday and uh, and uh, scream at them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming at referee and linesman. Uh, yeah. Um, this in brothers comment mentioned to Mick. I'll ask you, Danny. Come on, Mick. Bert, before Burton, or I think it was before Ipswich, we had three shots on target in three games. <laughs> he doesn't agree with the comment about creating chances, but the. My response, and I'll let you answer Danny as well, is that Ipswich and Burton, both games, we had enough, enough to score three or four goals in both games. So something has changed in the last two for me. Yeah, and looking back at what the stats tell us, yeah, we didn't get many shots on target, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not getting forward and creating the chances. You're just not hitting the target effectively. And that's the domino effect. You need to create the chance, then hit the target, and then it, and then you probably get a goal. But take away two of them, you don't really see the, them creating the chance. You just see um, we've not scored effectively. But over the last two games, like like Radley says, very valid point. Three shots on target in three games. It's not a good look. But over the past two, we've now had seven. So just starting to tick over just a little bit now, and we're getting it on target a bit better. Um, just a shame we've got Oxford in the way in our next game, which is a bit of a yes. um, <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> top of chocolate. Oh, football man, absolutely. Um, Mike the Miller, actually, Storm Miller, are we dodgy at the back because Vickers is in the stand and not in the goal? We all love Victor of the Viking, but do his teammates trust him as much as they do Vickers? It's a question that. We can never really answer that one, Mick. You can never see properly the trust between a keeper and the defence over unless it's over a full season. Uh, I don't think there is that, but we don't really know, do you? It's, it's really difficult to sort of say because the goals don't look like they've come from that, but they could. No, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't see it. It's not something that I see personally, um, with the exception of the goal at uh, Plymouth, where where Victor came screaming out of his goal and nearly ended up in opposition half. Um, with the exception of that one, his, his defence have just left him high and dry. 
um, with some with some woeful defending. Um, one of the worrying things for me about it is that Woody has been at fault for at least three of the last five goals that we've scored for me. Um, you know, the, the free kick at, um, at the first free kick at Portsmouth with uh, what's-his-face, Clark Robertson, that was Woody's man. Um, the second goal, the George Hurst, old man Woody in middle of the field. Um, and Burton, again, that, that was his man. Um, it's a bit of a worry that somebody as, as experienced as, as Richard Wood, but he's a centre-half, he's going to make mistakes. I know I keep saying that, don't I? And I guess it's not really an excuse at this kind, this this stage of the season, but it is a little bit of a worry because he's he's been playing to such a high standard for so long now um, that 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 worries me a little bit. But um, I don't think it, I don't think Victor can be can be blamed for any of them really, other than that uh, third goal at um, at Portsmouth for me. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing that, but. He pulled, pulled up a couple of good saves on Tuesday, you know, like, towards the end yeah, of the game, yeah. he got pulled up a couple of decent saves, to be fair to him. Yeah, yeah. And with the first half, he pulled off an absolute worldie of a save. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to have a quick word from our, mans- our Manscaped sponsors, our sponsors from Manscaped. Uh, our um, man Manscaped. Our Manscaped, the boys and girls, wonderful boys at man- Manscaped who are uh, supporting us at the moment. And we'll finish off a quick chat on the Burton game, and then we'll look ahead to what is, again, the biggest game of the season at the weekend. We'll see you in a minute. Manscaped, who very kindly decided to sponsor us. Uh, they're promoting their new product, the Lawnmower 4.0, um, which is kind of well known for reducing cuts uh, and making it a lot easier to trim your balls. Uh, you can buy this separately or in a bundle called the Performance Package, which also, which in that you get a ball toner, ball toner, and ball deodorant. Uh, which are actually very handy um, because they're specifically designed for your balls, so they they work very well. Uh, I would highly I highly recommend all of this. Uh, the lawnmower it comes with a little light, uh, comes with a little light there that comes on when you when you turn the, the razor on. So it's very good. It comes with a little charging port, oh, which is also a little holder. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I use it, and I, I highly recommend it. You highly recommend it, Ben. You highly recommend if somebody goes to manscaped.com and enters the code NYT for free shipping and 20% off. So that's manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping using the code NYT. And Ben highly recommends it. <laughs> I love it. Love it, Ben. Um, yes. So, anything else you want to touch on the Burton game with? We've probably not covered it as much detail as we have other games, but it was just a terrible game. Our phones was, wasn't that bad, but in terms of a quality game, it was just crap on it. So I suppose maybe that's why we've they, I mean, to be fair to Burton, they uh, they gave. They, I would have loved to have seen a game, the games against uh, Wickham because I bet that would have been a great laugh. <laughs> I bet that would have been a great advert for League One football. Because uh, they they almost out Wickham just didn't they as well in yeah, that, that second half. I mean, geez, mm. it, it was bad. That that I mean, it's no excuse. It's not an excuse for us losing at all in any way. Um, but I mean, I don't know that the first probably the first five minutes I think of the second half. I think the ball were in play for 
probably round about 30, 35 seconds. Um, it was just awful, awful. But there you go. Here we go. Danny, anything else to add? Um, it says a lot yeah. when when Aussie Tutu got with his horrific landing from that challenge, he got up quicker mm. than Harry Chapman did. <laughs> That's, all I'll say. That's true. Yeah, he was a good player though, Chapman. I know, I know he was on floor a lot, but he was it was he is a very very good player. Him. Um, yeah, if he played football for full ninety minutes, he'd be in Premier League. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. He said a 38 and then on the floor for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Morrell, the Birmingham fans with us, thank you for joining us. He says, Yes, the Ben advert. I'm still, I'm just in time. I'm still shell shocked. His parents allow him to do that advert at his age. I don't know how old he is, though, dear. Could be 27. Yeah, well, yeah. It's yeah. Not 27. Um, <laughs> Mark Gamble says, New York talk, taking care of Rotherham's grooming needs one episode at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, let's go on to a slightly different topic. Jalen Simpson asked a good question because I see in these comments a lot on, on socials like she has. She says, I keep seeing the forums and on Twitter that some of our players have got their heads elsewhere as they're wanting to leave in the summer. Do you feel like that's the case? Now, Danny, that's a very easy accusation to throw out there as a football fan. Very, very easy. I, for one, do not believe for one second that this group of players are looking ahead to, to moves elsewhere, other than maybe the exception of Freddie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, as footballers, you always have one eye on where can your career go next, because that's naturally what, what we do. You know, even if you're working in an office, you've still got one eye on where can my career go next? You know, can I earn a bit more money elsewhere? Can I go and play more football here? And this, that and others. So, ones that are coming to the end of the current tracks, yeah, they might have that mindset, but it's all privately. They are professional footballers and they don't really let that stuff impact on how they play football, or at least they shouldn't do if they want to be a good professional. Mm. Um like we said, Freddie, yes, potentially he's got his eye elsewhere, but I, 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 don't, I don't know with Freddie. It's a curious case because I think because he knows he is effectively starting striker next to Smith now that Griggs out injured, he sort of knows he's going to get game time a little bit. And, um, and against Burton, I know this is going to sound very, very harsh, but I'm going to say it anyway. There was a bat that was a fl flying around the away end and it had more movement than Freddie did during that game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, maybe Freddie's the, only the real one with his eye elsewhere. Um, but I can tell you for sure there is one player that signed a pre-contract agreement. I'm not going to say who, because I'll get into trouble if I do, or at least that's what I've heard. He signed a pre-contract agreement. Don't know that's it. already here or somebody we're bringing in? I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Mick's taking over as the fitness coach. Giant Simpson backs the world point saying, I think it looks better on their CV by being promoted to find a little odd, uh, but was interested to know here our guy, our guys who's as we are the experts. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing that. <laughs> I almost said last comment because it would be a praise for us. So if you're gonna if you're gonna put a praise in the comments, you're probably gonna get read out. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have our final home game of the regular season, and what we hope will be our final home game until at least July, uh, as Oxford United come to town. Uh, Carl Robinson's Oxford United. He did it. He did us a massive favour on Tuesday night. To be fair, our mate Carl. 
Um, and if we can do them on Saturday, if, we can, if he lets us win on Saturday, I'll be friends with him. I'll, I'll forgive everything and we can... I'll try anyway. Um, a few stats to throw in. Fingers Mick. crossed he does us a favour. Yeah. <laughs> a few stats, Mick. Only one defeat in the last eight home games against Oxford. I know that'll tickle your fancy. Um, another one which is more relevant than that, Mick, is that Carl Robinson is unbeaten at New York Stadium in his four visits over three <laughs> different clubs. Now, that is more interesting stat, isn't it? Not really. Why did you have to say it? Why would it be even relevant? Why, why would it be even relevant? You know he's because managing Oxford, don't you? I, I am. I, yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. And my understanding is that um, at least seven of the Ipswich team that came on Saturday were unbeaten at New York before they came on Saturday. So, you know what I mean? He's got a completely it's different manager, squad though, of players. It? It's a completely different squad of players in completely different circumstances on a completely different day. So, the previous stats in terms of in terms of Carl Robinson and, and the teams he's brought are just they're as relevant as. Uh, what colour shirt you or I wear on Saturday, or whether whether Will wears his lucky underpants or not? You know what I mean. So very. It, it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. The, the best thing that Carl Robinson can do on Saturday is come out and spend the first five minutes arguing with somebody on touchline, whether it be third, fourth official, or whoever it is. Get the crowd going because we know what he thinks of us. He knows what we think of him. So the best thing he could do would be to come out and start winding people up. That'd be brilliant. That'd be absolutely fantastic. If he's got any sense whatsoever, then the best thing he can do is sit on his backside in back at dugout and not say a word to anybody. He might get he might get because he won't get the reaction then, but but he will if he starts mouthing off like he usually does. So it's, it's not, it, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter what 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 um, what his record is. I think I for players, I don't think it matters. I think as a, as a manager, it matters because his style and way he plays, he will get similar players this in the past, or in his, in his view, will be an improvement. That's why I think that's an interesting stat. Um, yeah. It's not it's not been once, has it? It's, it's been a, it's four times it's been. So that's... maybe they are an improvement. I mean, I mean, they were in playoffs last season, weren't they? So maybe they're not. Then. Sure, I don't know. I think I think they were, weren't they? Or they were there or thereabouts, and then bottled it. Um, and they're going to bottle it this season, I know, starting Saturday. So, yeah, Chris, right, that's the stat that has to be broken there, then. Absolutely, yeah. it does. Absolutely, mm. it does. Um, Russ Bailey on the Facebook, still in pole position for second spot, irrespective of our severe wobble in form. Season starts Saturday and we get the form back. We've had once this season already. We, will be give- we have been giving lifelines via other clubs of late, but now we need to give ourselves a lifeline now and forget other teams, up the Millers. Let's have a rocking New York Stadium, and that's it, Danny. It's annoying, and I, I, I hear it all the time. But somehow, it's all still in our hands, and we know, we know for a fact, this team is good enough to get promoted. We've seen it this season. They just need to find a bit of rhythm again. Yeah, they do. <clears throat> they do. Um, I, I still don't know how we second after this dropping form. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the heavens have opened, and it's just gone. You know what? You can stay second for now. But the one team that worries me out of all of them, and I hate to say it, is, is Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday. It, the the meme that someone's made um, of the scene from Toy Story it says we're not aiming, we're not aiming for uh, for the uh, for the playoffs is pretty much he's pretty much bang on what's happening at yeah. Sheffield Wednesday at the minute. And I really hate to say it, but 
they are creeping up to fourth and uh, into fourth and potentially third, and they've played the same amount of games of us, so they've got the game in hand on MK Dons. It's like, oh no, please, just out of everything, do not let Sheffield Wednesday creep up and Pippers because that side of Sheffield will lose their minds that that's happened and we will never hear the end of it. It'd be like they've won the League Cup again if that happens. We'll never hear the end of it. Um, but like, um, sorry, I forget the name, but like the, the comment says on Facebook, if we can get our season to kick on from Saturday by hopefully beating Oxford, then let's do it. Let's do it, get behind the boys for the last three and and effectively drag it over the line because that's what we've got to now. We've, we've gone from coasting over the line to being being needed to be dragged across the line, kicking and screaming like, no, you will do it. And yeah, and yeah that's that's what we need. That's what we need to do. And oh, the comment from, from Carl Scott, I can't believe that's just popped up. Nailed on, right? Nailed on. Ryan Williams scores against us Saturday, another old boy. Why, 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 why did you have to pull that comment on? (laughs) We'd all Um, all forgotten it. Oh, dear. Yeah. Let's address the running because I think you're right. Wednesday are creeping up. But, and it's a big but, to catch us, if we win one game, Sheffield Wednesday need to win all three to catch us. Because there will be, for getting their results, there will be seven points ahead. And their goal dif- our goal difference is much, much superior to theirs. Can you really see anybody in this division winning their last three games? I know they're in a good run, but can you see anybody in this division winning the last three games? It just it, It's so rare it happens at this stage. Unless you're Man City or Liverpool, that went because the pressure's so intense. Teams just don't win the last three, do they, Mick? No, they don't. They don't tend to, do they? They don't tend to. Uh, we're going to have to. You know, that, that, yeah. If we if we win our last three games, we're up. Well, four points gets us up, probably. Yeah, yeah. Very likely. So, very likely. You know, uh, I mean, what more incentive could you need? It, you know, it's looking over your shoulder and seeing that shower chasing you down. It, it's 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 the it's the image you put on fireplace keep kids away from fire, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, it, it should it should be enough incentive for uh, for for that team to to, to push it over the line. Um, yeah. I'm not really concerned about that shower, to be honest with you. You know, having said that, having said that, what I would say that is, is if by any um, quirk of fate we don't get that second place, I would rather it be them than anybody else in the in the playoff places, because the last thing I want to be doing is playing that shower in playoffs. I really, I, I just do not want anything to do with that. I mean, can you imagine playing them at final in Wembley? There'd be nobody left in Rotherham. Rotherham would be empty, <laughs> be completely deserted. You know what I mean? There'd be, be, be 3,000 Rotherham United supporters there and 70,000 Sheffield Wednesday supporters there, all from Rotherham. So <laughs> Rotherham would be deserted, it'd be burglar's paradise. <laughs> We'd have to leave people behind to watch the town, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're at the game. They're after being town going now. Don't nobody at all. I've got some football supporters in from Sheffield to look after the town for as well. We're all that all the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Um, on Saturday for us, we've got Paul Brock in the comments. Says his son Alfie's going to be mascot on Saturday. He's coming out with Chio and he's told him he's got to tell Chio to shoot, shoot, shoot. Yes. yes. Very much like if, that, Paul. If, if, if Joe scores, Paul, I will give your lad a tenner for telling him that. I swear. Oh, there you go. I swear. 
I'm putting money on that. If Joe scores after your lads told him as mascot, I will give your son a tenner. I promise. Uh, and Joe Williams, Williams also, she's going to be a mascot. She's ten going to be a mascot at the same game as well. Uh, so have an amazing hours. I was once a mascot when I was a kid, when I was 10 or 11. It's bloody amazing. Spending a day with your heroes is just amazing. So enjoy it. It's, it's, it's great. It is great. I think I'm a um, bit old for it now, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, Chris Wright points out, very rightly points out, Sheffield Wednesday, he thinks they won't beat Wickham at the weekend. Nah. Not many teams will beat Wickham at Wickham's place, to be fair. I know they've had some good ones, but that's toughie. Very, very much a toughie. Uh, ref watch for you, Michael. Another bit more information for you. Charles Breakspear is the referee. He last refereed us away at Wimbledon. Mm. And I think it went away mm. without incident, from what I, I think can he did, recall. Did, yeah, don't remember anything. Or was there a penalty call for them that he didn't give? Were they all looking up to get a penalty? I think it might have been for us, I'm sure. JJ were, I know it was end where you were. I think it was JJ that went down and he didn't give it. And it were a very similar to penalty to the one that he won against Doncaster. And he didn't... Yeah, it was, actually. Now that my brain sparked to life, it was. It were a very, very similar penalty to what the one he won at Doncaster. Um, and he didn't give it for KO'd because he says he went down too easily. But it were more or less part and parcel to the one at Doncaster. Um, so if he wants to change his mind and give us an easy penalty and a 1-0 win, great, I'll give him some money as well for doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that. Well, I am. I'm a fan. I'm not officially connected to the club, um, so I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all I have in terms of like, nothing. The maths are simple, Mick. The very maths are very simple. If we win two games, we're up. Six points puts us promoted and we have nine available because MK Dons only have two left and our goal difference is better. And if we win two out of three, our goal difference isn't going to get worse. So it's very unlikely to get worse. So it is as simple as that. Win two out of three, job's done, isn't it? Sounds yeah. simple. It does sound simple, <laughs> doesn't it? It does. Um, it's, it's pressure's on. Pressure's on big time, isn't it? You know? Um, so we'll see how, we'll see what see what it brings. Um the season, season might not be over, might it? You know, we're, we're all thinking it might be, but we might have another three games after this. We might have another six games left to play yet. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. I've just had I'll Paul message me on Facebook saying, Alfie says he'll hold you to that ten- <laughs> to that tenor if Gio scores. It's <laughs> <laughs> recorded, Danny. It's live. You can't take it back. I know um, I can't. Um, I mean, what um, I said to I said what I said to uh, Victor's family live on air, and can't take that back, can I? No, and they watched that, Danny. I know for a yep. fact that they that, uh, oh. watched. That. Yep. So if, it's uh, funny actually because I seem to remember you saying, uh, uh, Danny, that um, it wasn't anything to do with swapping trousers. I it was a full on snog. I think you. Uh, it, it, you it, it's if, we win the league. I said I'd do that, but I also said if we if we beat Burton five 0 we would swap bottoms, which didn't happen. Ah, right. Thankfully, um, that, but that, that end one's still on. If we win the league, that end one's still on. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, on a bit more serious note, Ian Bradley wants to know, Mick. Uh, does anybody actually think? It's got anybody in the comments and well, Jay, we actually think that we won't be torn a new one on Saturday by one of the best footballing sides in the division. Uh, Mick, well, I hope so. I'm going to find it really struggle. I can't. I can't say in the positive about Carl Robinson because it's 
It's April. This is the time of season his teams start to struggle. We've seen it with MK Duns, we've seen it with Charm, we've seen it with Oxford. He doesn't like this time of the season for one reason or another. This is why he's only had one automatic promotion when he had Deli Alley in his team. I, I, I'm struggling to get worried about it from Oxford's point of view. I'm worried about it because of us, but I can't find myself, I can't see myself getting worried about Oxford. Listen, what's happened since that was stupid, wasn't it? Well, what's happened for, 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 for this downturn in form is that other clubs have worked out how to play against us. And what they've done, they've come and they've spoiled the game. They've spoiled and spoiled and spoiled. They've slowed it down. They've, they've done a bit. Essentially, so many teams have done a Wickham on us this season in the second half that that's been a problem. The last team, really, that came to New York to try and play football with Ipswich on Saturday. We want teams to come and we want them to try and play football. That's what we need. If that's the case, happy days. I'll be happy with that. You know? And... and yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start calling out um, Robinson until after, because it, these things tend to come and bite you on ass. And I'm not particularly superstitious about wearing shirts or all like that. But I'm. I'm now beginning to think that because people are actually listening to this, that I might keep me counsel until afterwards. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I don't look a bigger idiot, yes. or any bigger idiot than I look already. I should have listened to that advice. Um, Jalen Simpson backs you up, Mick. I think teams coming at us will help us and play yeah, yeah. and play it as best when teams are at us. And not only the fact that Carl Runs players uh, teams do play good looking football. To be fair, and that's something you I will I will both certainly get credit to them. Um, that helps us. Teams going to play football. Come as they've got to win. They can't sit back and hope to hit hit us on the break. Really, they've also got to be proactive and try and win the game, which again should suit us. Yeah, I think that might be a reason why Burton was so fluid at times, at times, um, when the ball was in play, um, because there was no pressure on the backs. You know, there was the safe from relegation, are not never going to push for the playoffs now, so there was no pressure on them, and maybe that's why we kicked on at two 0 down because then a little bit of pressure's off. Uh, but when you've got two teams who effectively need to win, playing against each other, um, it I think it'll come down to how the ball drops effectively. And which way the luck will swing, which is an awful thing to say with this running, but I think it is very, very up in the air, this result. Mm. And um, the pendulum will swing one way or another, I think. I honestly don't think it will be a draw. One team will win. And it's whichever way the pendulum swings now. <laughs> which sounds very pessimistic of me, but my honest opinion now. We're at the point in the season where... Like effectively, like like you said earlier, where sometimes your current form can go out the window, like we've seen with us, um, or you come into the form of your life, like we've seen with Sheffield Wednesday, and mm. just depends which way the pendulum goes, and hopefully the pendulum swings our way. Mm. Yeah, I said to a few Wednesday fans who were trying to bait me into into something because they were very, very happy. I said we could get nine points from those last three games. We probably won't. But it almost wouldn't surprise me to pick up nine points. But probably it might wouldn't surprise us to pick up two points because that's how mad everything is a little bit. MK are a perfect example, Mick. They were 14 yeah. games unbeaten up and they were amazing and they've lost two in a row. Yeah, yeah. And it's just football is the most, one of the most unpredictable games in the world. And this is why we love it. This is why we come, people come year in, year out to watch this because it's never the same or it never feels the same. 
end of season is isn't is it you know it's always like this end of the season it's just we we're so used to being involved now in the bottom end of it you know we did the last time we got promoted we weren't even we weren't even in ground you know we weren't even going to matches um so you know it, it is and then, and then before that we, we we did it through playoffs um, and and if I remember right, they were reasonably comfortable getting into playoffs. It weren't that weren't oh, yeah. the issue. Um, so so yeah, it's great. It, it happens every season. It just happens that we're involved in it this year, um, and it hurts at times, doesn't it? Mm, it's just it's just it absolute boom or bust, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's all um, yeah. Enjoy. It. Try and enjoy it anyway. Um, Ariel Astro, this is to talk about how we think we're going to line up. So he's, he's quite surprised Ball and Adolphin hasn't had any gameplay. Adolphin would have been a good shout on Tuesday with a bit of physicality in the midfield, but that's for another chat. Um, Ball and maybe called into action, Danny, because Shane Ferguson is very unlikely to play. Uh, I don't think he's officially ruled out, but I think he's very unlikely. 2 2, I think, is again possibly not playing. You've got Joe Matic and Bowler then. Um, I, don't, mm. I, mean, I, I sort of wonder if that might force a change in formation to go a bit more defensive to, to solidify that left or whether it'll just stick Matic in there. Um, I think, well, personally, I wouldn't bring Matic in as, to play as a wing-back because Matic's mm. um, more natural position, certainly now, is that left-sided centre-back, which effectively we could give to, to Reg or, or Harding. Um, or is... Um, is McDonald out or is Ban yet? Mm. He's back now. It's so last one, I think. So you could even stick Angus in there as well if you need number. But as a wing back, I would say it's either bowler or bust. You either stick bowler in there or you don't play with a left wing back or at least a natural left wing back. So I think at this point in the season is very dangerous. Um, like I say, with Ozzy, Ozzy probably won't start because he could be a contender on that left side. But with that sort of injury, he will be feeling it. Landing like that, you're generally not going to be starting fit, so we say, mm. on um, the next game next game you've got. So we could see Chio and Bowler on the flanks, I think. Um, and I'd be happy with that, personally. Um, but I'd only be really, really happy with it if we've got Harding on the right side of that defence, because then it gives Chio more freedom to push forward. Because without Reg there, he sort of drops back a bit further than I would like him to. Here's me talking like I'm a football manager. And the only experience I've got is tinkering with it on FIFA. Um, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the option, the other option making is it, this would be a radical change, but we did go to a back four on Tuesday, is to go 4-4-2 or 4-something, whatever, and go with Matic as, as an out-and-out left-back. And then even but you could even put Wiles on the left hand side and play him. And again, not ideal, but he can do more, he can more than do a job in that position. And then you're not weaker, but then you lose that man in midfield. And I've, I'm talking myself out by sort of saying maybe we need the extra body in midfield against a Carl Robinson type team to help give us that bit more presence. I don't see why you make any radical changes. You've got to Ledger Bowler, who's more than capable left wing back, more than capable. Um, you just slot him in for me if um, if Ossie Tutu's not um, not not fit. Um, 
I don't think I'd change the starting eleven. Quite frankly, assuming that he is fit. Um, go for a four at middle again from the start. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, I would. I would. That's that's where I would go. I just, I just. If if two two's not fit, I'd uh, I'd bring in uh, Telegi Bowler because, like I say, is a is a is a very very good replacement. You know, he'd be starting in most league one sides without a question. He'd be starting. You know, he's been very very unlucky in my view not to not to get a um, to get a start. I think he's a bit of a raw talent. That's why, um, and, and obviously trying to bring him on, but uh, bring him in, bring him in. Paul Banfield says to put Wiles in, put Wiles in there and bring Barlesser back into the middle. I think it's a thought to play Barlesser. I really think it's massive. It, it, that's making an assumption you're going to start Freddie. Well, you got. Yeah, it is, to be fair. Would you start Freddie? You, well, you just said I, you wouldn't. I, I personally wouldn't, no. I personally wouldn't. Um, I'd, I'd bring him on, possibly, later on. Um, super sub Freddie, as we. Uh, as we've had him in the past, I, I, yeah, I'd, I, I wouldn't start him now. He's it, not, it's not, his commitment's not there at the moment, unfortunately. Would you, would you not intend to be JJ at all? He doesn't appear to be. Yeah, he could do. He could do. But I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it worked against Ipswich. Mm. I don't see why it wouldn't work against another team that's going to try and play football. I would so, start. For, I, I'd start for him just because I know he's, he's not been very good. I have got any questions. Work. Every question is work, really, and that's that's fine. And I agree with that. But what's also good about Freddie is I don't think he gets too high and too low. He just yeah, yeah. does his own thing, so you never have to worry about Freddie trying trying too hard or not trying enough because that's just Freddie. And I think that sort of level can help. I, I, I don't necessarily like that. That part of his game, I like it when he's when he's a bit more energetic. Um, but that can at times can steady it a bit. For, uh, Danny, I saw you get a pen and paper out. I assume we've been just mapping out our success. You're just doing crossbow um, while I were banging on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm just playing Sudoku. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to think it out. I'm trying to think something out where it's like something that's unexpected but not overly radical. If that makes sense. Hmm. Um. And I may have sussed something that could very easily line up as a three-five-two, but could very easily change to a four-three-three to give us a bit more of attacking outlet. Um, so if we start it as three-five-two, I've gone for victory and goal, obviously. Um, Hardin, Icky, and Reg, and then we've got Chio, Rathbun, Barlasser, Wiles, or Lindsay, and then Bowler, and then Smith and Coyote, right? Which on paper sounds like an R eight three five two, but you can tweak it slightly for it to become a four three three. If you push Bowler slightly back into the left back position. Um, which is just effectively more defensive than what he's used to as a wing back. Uh, and I believe he did play left back for Arsenal's under twenty threes, I think. Um so if you if you roll roll that dice, uh you bring Chio ever so slightly more forward to just in behind Smith and push Keo uh, KO slightly out further left hand side, 
into the position into the position he played at Carlisle. Then you've got your four three three, which could work out well for us when we need to take our chances a bit better, but we also need to create more chances going forward. But what that can very easily switch into a three five two when we need it to. Um have I just struck goal with that or am I just rambling? <laughs> <laughs> Both, I'm not sure it, with that. If you're listening, let us know. You know what I mean? If you have any tips, email us. ifcpoetgmail.com. <laughs> email us. We're more than happy to answer any tactical questions that you may have for us. Uh, Cheers, Danny. Carl's just texted me now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. I'll sort out a decent theme against that. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Right, let me reply uh, to him. With uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's big on Saturday. It's big, big, big game. It's the biggest game we've had since we've been back in stadiums, and it's easy to forget this is our first season, first season back in stadium. Uh, so I often forget that. Um, let's get it going again. It was amazing against Ipswich. It was so good, so loud. Let's get it going again. I actually like that I mentioned the Burton game. Also, was atmosphere were banging. There's three, three games left. This is it. This is the business time. The boys need us. We need them. Um, let's come. Let's come. Let's come get it. Come on, Millers. Predictions. Just put four nil for everybody. Four nil, Rotherham. <laughs> um, I'll be more conservative and say one nil. Won't specify who for, but I'm going to say one nil. That made me feel sick. You just saying one nil to worst for you, Danny. I just can't take a one nil. Well, I mean, uh, I said I said two nil. Did I say two nil for the Burton game? You did. Yeah, I said, yeah. I, I didn't specify which way, by the way. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, that's true. Um, so Danny one nil either way. Uh, I don't know, Mick. What you're saying? I'm gonna go. You might remember this. I'm gonna go one nil. I mean, it's going to be a missed kick clearance from their centre half off goalkeeper's backside. It's in both. <laughs> no, I'm going to I put uh, Carl Robinson down. To score at all, but that worked last time. Yeah. Yeah. I will go. What did I put for the switch game? I went 3 0. So I'll go 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> At this time of season, it's time to try everything. As a fan, we have, we have minimal impact other than a few, uh, shouting a bit. So. Try and get away you can with any superstitions. So, uh, lads, I'm, I'm nervous talking about this game. I don't know if yeah. you tremble in my voice, but I'm absolutely bricking it. Oh, I know, like I'm not really bricking it. We've just, I feel like we just rambled a bit in this episode, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've said anything. And people are still listening to it. That people, are <laughs> de- <laughs> people as desperate as us, really, just to clutch at any kind of straw that you can find. Yeah. Um a few comments. I don't, I don't have a I don't have a straw to clutch at. I have a flagpole though. Does that count? Do it. <laughs> um Harvey Kelwick says two one. Paul Brock agrees with you, Danny one nil. Chris White Chris Wright two one the Millers. Mick Mike the Miller two two. Ian Bradley going nil two to Oxford. Nil Taylor two nil to the Millers. Gemma Williams wishes Alfie Paul's Paul Broxton three one. Uh I'm a player, three nil Smith hat trick. Michael with his Dewar hat trick. So yes. Um, Carl Scott says 2 1 with Ryan Williams getting Oxford's goal. Jimmy Miller, oh. Jimmy says 2 0. Michael Mortimer says 3 2. He says 3 2. I can't take a 3 2 either. All these scores are just just making me feel worse. How my blood pressure would not handle a 3 2 at all. It, oh, yeah. 
Uh, there we go. This is the, doing these uh, doing these podcasts. I feel like therapy is often, and they only make me feel better about things. It's just the couple. Obviously, talking about this game is making me feel more nervous about it. And we've got two days yet from when we're recording this. So there we go. I hope I'll direct you all. I'll sign push you all to NewYorkTalk.co.uk, where Lewis Oldham has done what we've done, but but much more succinctly, much more clear, and much more worded, much better. Um, looking at ahead to the last three games, what we hope will be the final three games of this season for us, and what we think what he thinks we need to do. So go and have a look at NewYorkTalk.co.uk. We will back on Sunday evening. All being well, uh, we're going to look ahead, look back at that game, the Oxford game, and then we'll look ahead to the penultimate away game of the season uh, as we go to Sunderland. Uh, Paul Barnfield, cheers, Paul. I feel worse after this podcast now. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Are we, we glad to agree? It was a great uh, therapy session about the Burton game. When I'm just wound up for the Oxford one, it's yeah. like, oh. That's the tagline for that. I'm going to use that, Paul, tagline for this podcast. I feel worse now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget Manscaped. If you're on manscaped.com, using the code NYT, you'll get your manscaping needs. They, they are great stuff over there. Just try and chill, everybody. Try and we'll get through it together. We'll all get through it together. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, yeah, try and chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, better turn into chocolate than beer. Um, but whatever gets you through this is. Like, like we've already mentioned, get behind the boys on Saturday. It's going to be a really good atmosphere. Final home game of the season. I assume they'll do some sort of lap of appreciation at the end. I don't know if the club say anything. If they do do that, what I would say, no matter win, lose or draw, stay behind and clap the players off. They've given us a hell of a season. So no matter what happens, if they do do that, stay behind um, and show how much they've they've done for us this season. Um, and Jerry and Simpson very much points out, we will still be here next season, no matter what. And that's the thing with mm-hmm. Rugby United. We went through the mill last season. We'll probably go through the mill again next season. Because that's what we do as a football club. <laughs> um Talk about rambling. We are just rambling now. Mick, save us and say goodbye. See ya. Danny, enjoy your beer. Enjoy your chocolate. Uh, We'll see you Saturday, mate. Yep, see you Saturday. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 